ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dynasty Junkies, episode 128 of the Dynasty Junkies. Whew. What a year. It's been crazy. But episode 128, we're here tonight having a great time talking about the NFC East, talking about different teams, buy, sell, hold, things like that. Before we get into that, obviously, I'm Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. With me on the beach here tonight, we got Rocky. How you doing tonight, Rocky? Doing great. I was saying to Drew, I was very happy that uh, our Eagles get a second bye week this week. I mentioned to him before the show, don't have to worry about uh, any tough game this week. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. And I know your Bengals are on to the next round, too. But I think you, you have a little tougher uh, time this coming weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we have a tougher matchup. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it that way. But uh, before we get too deep, before we get too deep into that, we got Drew Deluca here at Drew Delaware. How you doing today, Drew? Great. Thanks for having me on. No, oh, good to have you. And just in case people aren't familiar with you, I know I see you on Twitter, and obviously we we hung out at the expo. You, me, and Rocky. Even uh, where can people find you, and and what are you doing in the off season here as we lead up to the next season? Well, yeah, I'm working with uh, QB List, so I'm working writing with them, and I've uh, been doing sit-start for them for much of the season. And then I'll be uh, hopefully going off the Super Bowl and then uh, maybe the draft after that, doing some coverage for, for QB list in those places as well. So keep keep tuned for that. So we'll see. Um, and uh, been, yeah, I'm on, on Twitter, I'm Drew Delaware. And then I'll, I'll kick around the Reddit, Reddit forums here and there as well. So. Oh, you're on Reddit. That's That takes a, a, a yeah. deep... Uh, amount of skin. Let's put it that way. You have a real thick yeah. skin on the Reddits. I've never been. I, on I've that. tried. I've not heard horror stories. Think. It's, it's a whole different universe for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just, just it's uh, it yeah. seems all negative, but there are some really good people. Yeah. There are some good people. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, so with with that with that obviously we're talking about the playoffs and and obviously our our teams are both still alive as of right now, which is great. But I do want to talk about some headlines as we head into the wild card. This we're not wild card actually, but wild card headlines, and then heading into the divisional round. Um, this is, I mean, again, this is that time of year where fantasy kind of takes a back seat to the NFL. Um, wild card was truly wild. I think that's exactly right. There, there was a lot of stuff happening this past weekend. A lot of good games. A lot of close matchups. Uh, I mean, again, the, the Bills struggled. I guess is a word against the Dolphins. We had the Chargers blowing a massive lead. We had the Giants upsetting the Vikings. I mean, it was just, it was a crazy weekend. But I, the first thing I came up with when thinking about headlines was, is Brady washed? I mean, honestly, like, I don't want to say he's entirely dead and he's still the goat and all this, but like, is Tom Brady still worth rostering in Dynasty? Maybe, and Drew, I'll kick it to you first. Like, is, is Tom Brady done? What do we think? Well, I mean, Father Time is undefeated, uh, but uh, 
Tom Brady has been punching him in the mouth repeatedly. So <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> kind of hard to say for sure. But I will say this in Tom Brady's defense and that his offensive line uh, was a shell of what it's been in past years. Uh, his mobility obviously is not what it would be for, uh, you know, if you, if you in, in compared to his younger years when he wasn't exactly uh, Lamar Jackson back then either. So uh, I, it's hard to say. I mean, the pieces are there, what should be there for him between Godwin coming back from the injury, Mike Evans, uh, you know, Gage, I guess, is kicking around. So I, I we all expected more, I think, in this game was kind of a letdown. Um, I know that we saw today that the Bucks let go of their offensive coordinator too, Byron Left, which has been there for four years. So I'm not sure if he's kind of the scapegoat for, for this or not, but he definitely didn't look sharp. Um, it would be nice for him to have a little more time to throw, uh, do his progressions, reads, things like that. Um, I think it has to be a good landing spot for me to really be interested in Brady going forward. But uh, I kind of, at this point, stage in his career, I'm kind of the resign to the point. I'll let him be someone else's problem. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. traded for him in one league, kind of in a, in a bigger trade. And I expected fully that this might be his last year. But after watching on Monday, I'm just. I'm nervous that that might actually be it. But, I mean, he is a gamer. He wants to play. I don't know if it's with Tampa Bay with the way they're gutting that team and starting over from a coaching side. What do you think, Rocky? Is, is Brady done? Should he hang it up? I don't think he's done. I mean, we just saw a couple weeks ago, He, I, I forget, I can't remember who the opponent was now, but that, that huge Mike Evans game, he he dialed it up that game. He was able to get, I guess, all the protection and hit some long touchdowns. Uh I mean, he's not going to—he's not going to be a Tom Brady even a couple years ago, I think. But I don't think he's washed. I think Drew hit on the big point, which is the offensive line in Tampa was kind of in shambles this year. So I think he needs to go somewhere with a good offensive line, especially—I mean, offensive line is important for any quarterback. But when you're talking about a 45-year-old who had limited mobility to begin with, uh, it's very, very important. So his arm probably isn't what it once was. Like I said, even at even 40 year old Tom Brady probably had, had a better arm, but I still think he can, uh, I still think he can produce if he goes in the right spot. And I do think he's going to play another year. I mean, we're not going to see a top five season fantasy season out of him, but uh, I think he's going to play another year. There's, you know, there's no Giselle he has to worry about anymore. So <laughs> he doesn't have that, uh, you know, her asking him to not play anymore. So I think he's going to give it another go. I don't think he wants to go out that way. And uh, well, do you think he plays for Tampa though? Like he's not going back to Tampa. Right? I don't like, that think makes it's, no yeah. sense. To and me. they fired Leftwich, and I think he liked yeah. Leftwich. And I, I was saying to somebody, I think I, I think their offensive line is. I, I, I'm not to honest. I'm not sure how good their offensive line was this year, but I thought an interesting prospect might be the Jets. Is that they got Ooh. they got a good amount of weapons. They got a good defense, uh, and they have a crap. You know, nothing at quarterback. So, uh, <laughs> almost a negative at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they got Wilson. They got more. Uh, they got Brees. Assuming he comes back healthy, uh, I don't know that he would go there. But I just thought that was an interesting landing spot where he could potentially. I mean, they were you know the halfway through the year they 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 were like in the playoffs, uh, and they had a decent team. It just they had no quarterback. Yeah, and I know there's been some rumors about him like with Dolphins and all this. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to abandon Tua. I don't think they want to cause that drama. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the one team that I've heard that makes sense the most is the San Francisco 49ers, which we were talking about before we started recording. I feel like he'd be a perfect player in that offense. Uh, you, you don't necessarily need to lean on him. He's got enough guys around him, and a lot of those guys are coming back. Uh, that team is great offensively and defensively. I think like they're, you know, any quarterback that's a game manager is perfect for them. 
You don't need a scrambling QB. You don't need someone that's going to put the team on your shoulders. All that that they're looking for in a quarterback is exactly what Tom Brady is. And all that that team is is exactly what Brady's looking for in a team. So I feel like that's the match made in heaven. However, I don't think that they're going to do it. I don't think the Niners actually go that route. I think they that, want to go with Lance. I think that's they what I was go with Purdy. I don't think the Niners do it. So I think that's the best fit. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be amazing. And it would change a lot of the NFC. Uh, I heard somebody else saying that, why would you go to the AFC? And I kind of get the logic. Like, why would you go to the AFC? As bad as the NFC is, might as well be the top quarterback in the NFC. So that still fits that category in a way too. But I don't know. I just feel like Brady is is almost timeless at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much assuming that I'm going to see Brady play and then I'm going to die at some point when I'm in my <laughs> 70s. And then Brady's still going to be watch playing Brady with my grandchildren. Yeah, it's just going to be one of those things where like, oh, Tom Brady's coming out. Here he is in his wheelchair, and he's still going to figure it out. Right? He's the Keith Richards um, of the NFL, right? I mean. Yeah, he's a cockroach. He can never go away. He never dies. Um, yeah. I think one of the other things I definitely wanted to bring up at this part was, you know, Bengals and Bills both had close games. And I know as a Bengals fan, and, and there was obviously the whole Bengals-Bills drama from that Monday night, which we're not going to go and rehash and not get back into, but everybody was so pumped up and excited for that game. Uh, being in prime time and, and it, just the amount of, I don't know, energy around that matchup. And now the same game is happening in Buffalo this time, a couple of weeks later, with some more skin on the line, right? The winner goes home, or sorry, the winner plays on and the loser goes home. This game is a lot more important. But both teams kind of, you know, divisionally games, you know, in the wild card round, both had divisional matchups and both kind of struggled a little bit. I don't think either team really dominated and really showed us what we had to say or what we wanted to see. Um, I'm nervous in a way, uh, I, I guess a little bit at least as a Bengals fan, that this game is going to be, you know, kind of ugly again. I kind of want to see a high-scoring matchup. You know, I was saying to somebody else on another podcast even, like, I think it's going to be 38-35. I think it's going to be high-scoring. I just want a good game. I want it to be close. I don't want any injuries. My God, could you imagine? Um, but what do you guys think? Are, are the Bengals and Bills kind of two of the top teams still, or do they both show a, a little bit of their weaknesses? Rocky, I'll start with you. I mean, what do you think about this matchup? Oh yeah, I I think it's uh it's the matchup of the weekend for sure. Yeah. And uh I, I'm expecting the same thing you are. I I think we were I know the Bills only got a field goal on there. I think their only drive, but uh there might have been a punt in there too. I can't. Remember. No, there was no punts. It was definitely but, just a field goal. Yep. Yeah. And uh and yeah, I I think we were on our way to that. I think we were going to see a bunch of scoring in that game, and I think you're going to see the same thing here. I mean, both teams do have pretty good defenses. But with those elite offenses, like we saw it last year um, with that Chiefs game, I think we could see something like that. Another kind of yeah. classic matchup here with two uh, top quarterbacks going back and forth. That's what I'm expecting. And I honestly have no idea who's going to win, Andrew. I, I, I mean, I'm, obviously nobody does, but I'll take I mean, it. I'll usually take it. <laughs> I have a prediction. I have, I have no clue. Like, I think both teams, I think all three of those teams, them and the Chiefs, I think any of them can come out of the AFC. I agree. And, Drew, uh, what do you think about that yeah. one? I mean, are you in the same page as Bills and Bengals being a close game, or do you think yeah, I do. A, a heads up? I think it's going to be close. I, I like uh, I like the Bengals to to cover. I think the Bills win in the close one, though. Uh, my preseason prediction was Bills Bills and Eagles, and I'm sticking with that. So I don't blame you at all for that. And, and yeah. like again, like we said before we started recording, I've, I've kind of thought Bengals, Eagles since about week 15, week 14, somewhere there. Uh, when Jalen Hurts got injured, I was like, well, let's see what this team can do without him. And it, it obviously... They were a different team, but they still put it together enough for me to be like, all right, this team isn't just Jalen Hurts. They're for real. And they have the lines on both sides. Uh, I am expecting a Bengals cover as well. I think it's going to be close. I said 38-35. Obviously, I'm cheering Bengals, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills pull that out either. 
Um, and I've said this before to others, and I've said it for weeks even, I feel like now, if the Bengals were to be knocked out of the playoffs, I'm cheering for the Bills, right? Like, I just that's just how I'm going to be, um, not only because of, of that Monday night game and the, and the kind of bond that we have as two teams now, um, but just I think they're a really good team, you know, and I, I kind of hate the Chiefs. I, I'm just kind of like I'm done with this, you know. Uh, I'm Pat with Mahomes. you there too. I'm just gonna say I'm with there there too with the if the Eagles were to go out. Just again the Hamler thing, obviously. Yes. But also because I like to root for like the the suffering fan bases. Like yes. we were there as Eagles fans for for like uh, what was it? We we had never won a Super Bowl and we went yeah. like twenty uh, some years between them from like eighty to to 04 and then 04 mm -hmm. to seventeen. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I like to root for the, and the chiefs don't need another Super Bowl, And that's why I'd no. like to see if, if whoever wins this game, I am rooting for them against the chiefs. Yeah. And honestly, I'm rooting for the Jags hardcore. Let's be honest. Like I would love for the, the chiefs to kind of look at the Jags as a, you know, we got them anyway. Let's move on to the bills and start planning ahead. And it's kind of like a trap game in the playoffs because I think a lot of people are, and I mean, again, the, the, the Vegas and everyone else, like everyone is kind of counting out the Jags in a way they're, they're the underdogs here. But Trevor Lawrence showed, if nothing else, again, it wasn't the Chiefs, it was the Chargers. But their defenses, in my mind, are, are similar, and I might even give the edge to the Chargers there. He was able to pick them apart in the second half when it really mattered. Like, they were obviously down, and that defense let him back in it. And then the offense couldn't move the ball at all. The Jags' defense picked him up. I, I feel like that same kind of storyline could happen here. So, as a way to pivot into that game, I feel like the Chiefs and Jags is going to be a really good game. I feel like a lot of people are counting that that game out, and I'm obviously mm -hmm. I'm thinking the Bengals Bills is going to be the best game of the weekend. But I'm very excited for Saturday and watching the Chiefs game because not only do I hate I don't say I hate the Chiefs, I just don't want to see them continue to go to the AFC title game. I feel like en enough's enough. Let's get some other teams to get in there. Uh, obviously, as a Bengals fan, I don't want to face the Chiefs. I'd rather face the Jaguars. The game isn't going to be on a Saturday, so Trevor Lawrence is never losing on a Saturday streak. Is it going to be a worry next week? But like, part of me is just also like, what a story. What a game, what a what a just monumental collapse in a way for the Chiefs to lose in the first game after a bye to the Jaguars of all teams. And then have the Jaguars go to the AFC title game against either the Bengals or the Bills. That'd be a great story. So like I'm just I'm just cheering for that as a you know as a football fan, I guess. Uh, before we move on to the, the breakdown here, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about from last week? I know obviously there's some Cowboys talk you might want to get into, and there may be some Giants talk you want to get into as Eagles fans. What are you thinking? Anything else? Or are you good? I don't know that I have anything. I just had to mention my son has interrupted me twice to say it's going to be a Bills, ja I mean, a Bengals Jaguars championship game. So <laughs> I like your son. He's on the right track. I agree. Yeah. I think it's possible. Can't count out Doug, Doug Peterson either. He's uh, he's had he's done a great job in Jacksonville this year. Um, everybody counted the Jaguars out. They, they got hot at the right time. I know they were in the, not exactly a tough division at all. <laughs> a terrible division. No. But they um they they've been pretty competitive um and uh, Trevor Lawrence is we all know he's uber talented and uh, he was he looked he didn't look too, he obviously looked pretty poor pretty terrible in the first half the, I think you could make an argument that two of those four interceptions necessarily kind of you know fluky. fluky if you will yeah so but yeah he played he played good football um they, everyone has a role in it in that Doug Peterson offense he's he's making a star out of Evan Ingram for crying out loud. Uh, so, Out and time. that defense, yeah, and that defense is definitely um, c coming together as the season goes on. So they're definitely peaking at the right time to be on the defensive side of the ball. 
So it would not surprise me if the Jaguars upset the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I, I think the Chiefs will win, but I do think the Jaguars keep it close for sure. And yeah. and as Eagles fans, that's going to be an interesting watch too. Doug Peterson versus Andy Reid are oh, probably yeah. the two yeah. best coaches uh, in Eagles history. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like let's bre- let's break that down. Which one would you rather see win from a coaching standpoint, Doug Peterson or Andy Reid? Rocky, I'll start with you. Do you have a preference on the coaches? I'd probably rather see Doug Peterson win. Just uh, just you know, he won us our first Super Bowl. So I, was, I love Andy Reid too. But mm-hmm. when Andy was here, we kind of we didn't. He, we've kind of grown to love Andy. Like there were a lot right. of flaws with Andy that we saw when he was here, um, and he's kind of gotten even even better. He's always been a great offensive coach, but he was even gotten better, I think, with the Chiefs. And I just, I was just like, or I think he's got Doug better is, players. I mean, that kind of like Pat Mahomes helps a lot. It can hide a lot of flaws, you know. That's true. That's true. But uh, he's he's definitely a creative offensive mind, though. Still, I think, and uh, and Doug, I think, just is a little more uh, disrespected, a lot more disrespected mm. than I think Andy Reid is. Everyone acknowledges Reid is one of the best coaches in the league. I think even after Doug won the Super Bowl here and the Eagles let him go, I mean, he didn't even have a job for a year. Uh, despite the fact that he was not that far removed from a Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I would just like to see it for Doug. I think he he could use it more for the resume than Andy could. 100% agree with you completely. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> completely the same lean, same same rationale, everything. Yep. I don't want to say I'm shocked, but I kind of thought at least one of you would pick Andy Reid just because of what he did for that team. I mean, again, I, mean, I don't want to say Doug you out of nothing, but like that, he turned yeah. that team around. I mean, like Andy oh, Reid. Yeah, I love Andy Reid, yeah. 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 But uh, he, you know, he, just like I said, he's got his Super Bowl and he's he's got his he's got his respect from the national people and and, and the league and all that. So I I like to see Doug get bumped up a little more here. Well, and, and again, yeah. I, it's kind of cliche in a way, but I think truly that after a, a quarterback, especially one with the talent and the pressure and everything of Trevor Lawrence, throws four interceptions as a head coach to kind of be like, I oh, know. I know we got this. Let's let's go play our game. Like that's coaching to me, right? Oh, and like, I love, by the way, him going for two at the. Oh the, yeah. Basically, ended up winning oh, yeah. the game. Yeah. Yep. And and that's kind of where again, like there there are a lot of really gutsy play calls in the first half, but it was like you know it wasn't as important. But in the second half, the gutsy play calls kept happening, and and again, I think that a lot of that is attributed in my mind, especially to Doug Peterson, just being like. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna win this or not on our terms, and I, I respect the hell out of that. And, and that, I think, that was again, a hallmark with the Eagles too, by the way. Yep, he, yep. He I was gonna say, and again, that's fourth, that's what I liked about them with the Eagles too. And I think again, that's yeah. that's what makes me nervous about the Chiefs, right? Like they they are gonna <laughs> yeah. do that again this week. I think that that team, the Jags, is gonna go in there as the underdog and feel like we have no pressure on us. Everyone's counting us out. They're all selling tickets in Atlanta for the neutral site game that everybody expects to happen for some reason. We're gonna go in there and just disrupt all of this. Let's just go throw it to the like, just go throw it away. And I think, honestly, too, with the way Trevor Lawrence won that game and came back, it'd be a hell of a story if his season ended this week, but it'd be a hell of a better story if it didn't. So I'm just very excited for that. Um, But I think that's a pretty good recap and future look at the NFL. I know there's a lot of things going on, and there's a bunch of other podcasts, a bunch of other things going on that can listen to about that. But I want to get into some of the NFC. So obviously, we're starting this thing in this offseason where we're going to talk about each division, and we're going to talk about the NFC East tonight. We're going to talk break down each team a little bit talking about buys, sells, and holds. Obviously, this is kind of a nebulous term. We're being very generic with this. A buy in one specific league may be a hold in another. So we're, we're trying to talk about this in a vacuum. We're talking about values in general. We're talking about community valuations and market valuations. 
Your league may not have this. So I want to caveat that at the very beginning of this entire breakdown series that we're going to do. And we'll talk about it every week. But in theory, the idea here is buys are players that we think are undervalued that we can get and, and kind of watch their value ascend, and watch their value go up. Sells are players that we think might be at their peak or that we feel like probably aren't going to get much better in value than they are right now. Because again, roster construction doesn't matter. It's just value. And then holds are players that we think for whatever reason it may be, are going to stick with what they have right now, whether their value is about the same now as it is in a year, whatever it may be. So I wanted to clarify some of that before we get into this. Um, was there any other clarification, Rocky, you wanted to add to that, or is that a pretty good way to put it? No, I, that's basically, yeah. I think that kind of sums it up and how we're, how we're looking at this uh, next several weeks here as we go through these division by division. It should be fun. Yep. Next eight weeks, we're going to talk about this and allows us to really break down each team, at least in a brief way, so you guys can get some actionable knowledge to use in your leagues uh, hopefully you hear some things that you haven't heard before or some opinions or some phrases or some whatever's that you can look at this and go, oh, that's a good point. I should trade for that guy or I should send that guy away. So without much further ado, where else would we start? But with the NFC's top team and your favorite teams, but the Philadelphia Eagles, Drew, I'll kick it to you first. Obviously, let's real quick, let's run through some of the top players on the Eagles as if people don't know this, but Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. There's others, but those mm-hmm. are kind of the top main players. It doesn't mean you have to pick from them, but which of those or which of the Eagles players would you consider a buy right now for whatever logical reason you might have? Probably Devonta Smith for me uh, is probably the buy I like there. I think AJ, AJ Brown is con- consensus, uh, much higher value. I think in, in dynasty uh, Smith's a year younger. Um, and he set the franchise record uh, for most receptions by a rookie um in his first year and then next his second year in the in the on the on the eagles he set the franchise record by for most re- most receptions by a wide receiver in the history of the franchise which has been around since 1933 so um yeah. he's done nothing but just exceed expectations and he's kind of an aj brown shadow a little bit and i think people are just kind of forgetting just how good he really is so i i, I really like him as a buy um i think uh he's kind of been outshadowed by some of the other great young receivers in the league and he just I don't think he people just uh, really appreciate the the talent that he is and the fact that he's he's on an upward trajectory and he's only going to get better. I completely agree. Yeah, and to be honest too, like he did, um, I wouldn't say he did better, but he probably did do better. And they added AJ Brown, like they added a stud receiver, and his value went up. That usually doesn't happen. So I'm with yeah. you. That's a great pick for buy. What about you, Rocky? You got the same kind of opinion on Devonte, or do, is there someone else in the Eagles you kind of like to buy right now? You did. <laughs> sorry about that uh <laughs> i had to cough there and i forgot to unmute uh so uh yeah i mean i was just gonna second that i i we've talked uh, uh plenty uh on, on podcast form andrew about Devonte smith in the recent past and uh, yeah i definitely think he's underrated he's an excellent he's just an excellent wide receiver he's a great route runner uh, body control on the side. I mean, you see, you watch him make sideline catches. It's amazing. Oh. Uh, he, he's just, he's got everything you want, uh, everything you want, except size. He's slim reaper. So he's just an excellent talent. And he's, he, we saw him produce for fantasy this year. It's, it's what I said when, uh, it's kind of like what I said, like when Tyreek Hill went to uh, Miami. And everyone was all worried about Jalen Watt. I'm like, a good player coming does not necessarily mean that's bad for another good player. So uh, I think we're going to keep saying this. I mean, we saw Jalen Hurts make a, a huge jump in terms of his uh, passing game 
what he's able to do, you know, his accuracy, all that stuff. And I think we're going to see that continue. He's, he, you know, Hertz is going to get the new contract. And they're all going to be together for a while here. And I think this offense is just going to keep humming. So, and we've talked about it. It is overall points. He wasn't there in points per game, but he was a wide receiver one this year. So I, I think we could definitely see both of them finish as wide receiver ones again in the future. And again, this whole group is like, you know, AJ Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts are all, I think, 25 and under. Is mm-hmm. Brown 25? Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah Brown's so, 25. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, and Goddard's only like 26 or 27. So, I mean, they're just, they're just like all this great offensive pieces uh, just humming along for like years to come. And uh, Devontae Smith is probably the most undervalued of all of them. So, I, I totally agree on that. Well, I'll jump in here and say the old man is Dallas Goddard, who is 28, who is my body. He just turned 28, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just turned 28, and that's where yeah. I'm looking at this like, I think Dallas Goddard is the buy. I don't hate any of the Devonta Smith love. I had a feeling one of you was going to pick Devonta, so I decided to go a little different route. <laughs> but I think Goddard is, is in my mind anyway, is ascending into that tier one tight end category. I don't think Kelsey is leaving that category. I think Kelsey is still there. I think Kelsey is going to be there for a couple years, if I'm being honest. I think Andrews, depending on what quarterback they go with, could drop out. Obviously, we just saw Waller kind of drop really hard. We saw Hawkinson get traded and kind of drop. Uh, there's there's obviously a couple other players that could be in there. But I think Goddard is going to be up there because, again, Hurts and this offense is moving the ball. And I think Goddard is a guy that I want on every team right now. I think Goddard is one of those ascending tight ends that we don't see very often, and he's only 28. Now, for a tight end, that's young. For a receiver, that's kind of middle. And for a running back, that's – you're ancient, retiring. You know ancient, what I mean? Like yeah. that, it's ridiculous. So like for a tight end though, that's yeah. perfect. Like he's right in there hitting his stride. So I think Goddard is my buy, but I don't fault either one of you for choosing Devonta Smith, but just to choose someone else I had to go with Goddard, but that passing offense is just stellar right now. What do you think about a sell Rocky? I'll kick it back to you first. Who's your sell on this one? I don't know that there's anybody I really consider a sell because I, I, I it's a tough one. Yeah, because AJ Brown and, and Jalen Hurts, like I just said, are such good young talents. I, I, I want them on my team. I don't I don't want to sell them. Miles Sanders, you're not getting much for. And then from a fantasy perspective, I mean, what there's not that much. I mean, no one's buying Quez Watkins. So <laughs> so if they I, are, I, you're selling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll give you I'll I'll take anything you'll give me for Quez Watkins. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone is basically a buy or a hold on this team because well, because of that I'll, reason that they're all. I'll jump in good. here and just say the only, the only sell I would even imagine as a sell, and I, I don't disagree with you. I think the only sell I would even imagine as a sell is Jalen Hurts. I just don't know if his value goes anywhere but down from here. Uh, we saw his injury obviously this year, and, and running quarterbacks obviously there's that you know supposed thought of. Well, you run more, you get hurt more. And that's been proven data-wise to not be true and whatever. I just, I'm worried that that team still doesn't quite rely on him like they should. Obviously, a year ago, we were all very curious if he was even going to be the starter halfway through the year. He proved us all wrong, or at least he proved us that he was the starter. And I'm I'm just saying, if I had Jalen Hurts on a roster, I would consider selling him. That doesn't mean I would sell him. I would consider, because there are people willing to pay a king's ransom for Jalen Hurts right now. And that, to me, makes him worth at least shopping if you have him on a roster. I'm not saying you have to sell him. I'm just saying, well, what are you offering? If someone's willing to offer mm-hmm. me, like, Patrick Mahomes for Jalen Hurts in a second, I'm taking Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, one of those, like, it depends on your league. It depends on the status here. But I think that could be, a, uh, you know, 
a kind of sell, maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, yeah, Drew, I mean, are you with me on that or no? Uh, I, I, I'm probably not. I, I think I think Hurts answered a lot of uh, questions this year with his with his performance, and if, I think if he doesn't get hurt, he's quite quite possibly the league MVP. Um, and it's I mean to your point, it's you know that's kind of the apex in value when you're in the league MVP. But I don't yeah. think we're talking about a Cam Newton situation here. He was very very efficient as a passer. Um, he was ex- he's really good. Uh, he made some great strides in his deep ball accuracy. Um, and uh, he just really progressed as a passer in a big way. Um, and that offensive line is still going to be good uh, for, for some time for the foreseeable future. Uh, Maylot is not going anywhere. I know Lane Johnson's getting along in the tooth, um, but uh, Kelsey is getting there as well. But they Atlanta Dickerson is good. He's a, he's a Pro Bowl ca- uh, player. He's in this what second year. Uh, so that and they're just retooling that line. And they have a top ten pick from uh, the Saints this year. I don't. I would kind oh, of anticipate right. them using that pick to get a top blue chip offensive lineman. So I really, really think that uh, Hertz is kind of for me a hold. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't really. I wouldn't char- characterize myself. But I do agree with you though. If someone's going to give me the moon and the stars uh, for Hertz, you have to. You kind of have to listen to. You That's know, kind of what I'm no, talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I agree yeah. with Drew. I only. I think he's selling only the sense. Only in the sense that anyone in on any roster is a sell. I mean, to me, right. it's like saying yeah. sell Josh Allen after he made the leap. To me, <laughs> that's what happened this year. He yeah. made the Josh Allen leap essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I even put out a tweet a couple weeks ago uh, comparing their stats this year, and in in most uh, rate stats, uh, Hertz was better completion percentage, interception percentage, mm. yards per attempt. Uh, and he's uh, probably a slightly better rusher than than Josh Allen too. So, uh, I just yeah, I don't want to sell him unless, like you said, you in the sense that you know anybody's available if if it's, they give you something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of where I'm coming from, and, and and all of it really like he is he's kind of like one of those hold sells, hold. But if the right option shows yeah. up, right, and I think yeah. and, and I, maybe this is. I mean, we all agree, I think, in general, there really isn't a sell in my mind. Like, there's no one that I'm, like, looking to move on this offense. Um, but with that, I guess, as a hold, uh, do you guys think Jalen Hurts – you kind of already said Jalen Hurts is a hold. Is there another player on the Eagles, Rocky, that you think might be a hold this year? Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, A.J. Brown would be a hold. I'm not looking to yeah. sell him. I don't want to sell mm-hmm. a young wide receiver that's, you know, a top five guy in, in his prime. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really, I don't know that I want to buy AJ Brown either, though. He's like, nope. for all the reasons I said that him and Hertz and Smith are all going to be great for years. Everyone's thinking that, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I think he's a hold. And uh, I, like I, I just posted on the the uh, the screen here. Jason did mention oh. Sanders. He said, "You don't think Sanders' yeah. value got a little bump with his better play this year?" Well, I was going to I was going to save that for mine. Like I, Sanders to me is the hold because I think Sanders, you're not going to sell him. You can't get rid. I mean, nobody's going to give you fair value. You're not going to buy Sanders either because you don't really know what's going on. But if you have Sanders on your team, he's a pure hold for me. Sanders is someone who I think is actually like his played well this year. And I honestly do believe he is a value in a sense. But if I have him on my team, I'm not trying to get rid of him. I'm just quietly holding him until I see what goes on. And also He's a wide receiver, sorry, running back two flex kind of option on your team. So, like, I'm not trying to get him, but if I have him, I'm happy to have him. Like, that team has actually done really well with him. So, that is, I was going to say, like, spoiler alert, Jason. But, yeah, Sanders is my hold for sure. Drew, where are you at with some of that? Well, Sanders, um, I, I kind of like where Jason's head's at there because Sanders did take a massive jump in 
uh, rushing yards and rushing production this year. He had 259 carries this year, which is by far his biggest total, his longest, biggest total of his career. He also played more games than, than he ever has before, which is yes. part of it. He was a little bit he more durable this year. Yep. Yeah, well, he, but here's the thing. He, he also, While he ran for 12, uh, 1,269 yards and had 11 touchdowns, both by far career highs, he only had 78 yards receiving on 20 carries. And part of that yep. could be utilization. Um, in Rocky, you could probably speak to this as well. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm looking at the goal line situations, and I'm like, why Why is Kenny Gainwell in there? Yes. What's going on with this? And sometimes the utilization can be kind of head-scratching with, with how they're deploying the running backs. But, um, you know, Sanders is a guy that, you know, he caught 50 passes his rookie year and 500 some yards receiving. And we haven't seen that ever since. And I don't understand why he's been phased out of the pass game. Um, well, they added and AJ under- Brown. I mean, like, honestly, yeah. like that, that offense only has so many passes to go around. I mean, if you recall too, you got both Eagles fans last year, yeah. the Eagles threw the least in the league. They were the, the mm-hmm. least passing team. Yeah. And this year, I think they were like eighth or something, if I'm not mistaken, like they rocketed up the standings in passing. And I think a lot of that too, is just, they don't need to throw to Miles Sanders, right? They got AJ Brown. Yeah. If I get, if I had to pick, I'm throwing A.J. Brown, right? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. But, yeah, but you would expect, though, if you're going to have 20 catches, you get more than 78 yards out of it. So That's fair. He, just, yeah, he definitely, was not, he's definitely did not, was not productive in the passing game, and you just you, you kind of kind of scratch your head as to why. So um, Sanders is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, we don't know if he's coming back to Philadelphia. It was actually in the in the media, local media just a couple of days ago. He was asked about it, and he's like, I, he's like, I love Philadelphia. Howie, I love you. I hope you guys love me, too. I'd, I'd love to be back kind of oh, a thing. He, he's but in a prime so, spot. He'd be silly yeah. to leave. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's all about it's what, the, what does the team want to offer him, and if they're going to be able to – are they going to bring him back at a – you know, at a – Something well, Sanders is smart. He point. takes whatever crackerjack deal they're giving him. He's like, I'll just, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'll stay. Like, because I think the writing's yeah. on the wall. Uh, we yeah. could talk about the Eagles all day, and I expected this yeah. to be a longer segment with the two of you. But is there <laughs> anything else regarding the Eagles and their fantasy players that we should get into? Are you guys good to move on? Oh, yeah, we, I think we can. I move think on. we talked about everybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, now yeah. I know that as Eagles fans, you're big fans of the Cowboys. Or sorry, I'm, I'm being told that is not true. You're not big fans of the Cowboys, um, but they're the next Dallas on the Cubs. list. That I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, so the top fantasy players for Dallas, we got Dallas Press, or sorry, Dallas, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. Um, Rocky, I'll kick it to you first. Any of these players stand out to you as a buy, or are they all kind of holds? What do you think here? Mm, um, as a buy, the only one I would probably say would be a buy would be Dak. And I'm not even sure I'm loving the idea. I mean, I, you know, I don't like to pay too much for quarterbacks anyway, but his value, I feel like is dipping enough where it may be worth it. I almost feel like he's considered almost like down like QB 10, 11, 12 at this point where he used to be considered more like a top seven, eight guy. Uh, And he could definitely, he's had some ups and downs this year, uh, but I I do think he could rebound. He's obviously got, uh, he's got CD lamb there. Uh, so I, I still don't love Dak. <laughs> to be yeah. Honest, yeah. As a, but if I'm going to pick a buy from from the significant pieces, he's really the only one. For, I guess you could maybe consider Pollard, maybe. But I think he's kind of gotten overvalued at this point. So, and I believe he's a free agent too. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So. His value could go up or down depending on probably where he lands. So, uh, to me, the only guy I would even consider buying is Dak. What about you, Drew? Are you in the same page? Yeah, I'm uh, same head, same headspace with this. So, Dak, Dak is the I guess the number one option, but I don't really love it either. He's 29 now, and 
So, and a lot of, I think what made Dak, you know, that top seven, eight quarterback previously was he was providing a lot in the running game. And uh, I don't think he's quite been the same in that aspect ever since the injury. So, I mean, he's still mobile enough. He still gets around, but he's not going to just take off and run and, uh, and do the kinds of things that Jalen Hurts does or even Daniel Jones, um, you know. So I just, I kind of feel like his ceiling is lower than what it once was. So I don't know that I love him as a buy. I just kind of feel like by default he would be one. But I do agree Pollard would probably be the one that makes the most sense. But his uncertainty as to whether he's going to be uh, win Dallas or not, uh, given Zeke's contract situation um, and, and everything else, uh, he's such a such a talent. So, I mean, it might be worth it kind of rolling the dice on Pollard to – uh, and 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 seeing where he lands and what a situation is, and just if you if you believe in the talent, so um, I guess I'm kind of talking myself more into Pollard than as the buy, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but I, I I am a little reticent to to be full bore into it just because we don't really know what a situation is going to be. Uh, real quick, Jesse well, here, in chat, I'll, I'll, is yeah, Gallup to step up in his yeah. first full year after that major injury. I don't mind that if you can get him super cheap. Like I got mm-hmm. offered in a league. Uh, Gallup for a third, and so that Ooh. he's a buy like a that. third for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe yeah. it was like a mid third too. So, uh, so yeah. So in that sense, he's. A, but I I don't want to give up more than a late second for him though. So mm-hmm. at the most, I don't even know if I do a late second. So uh, he's you know he he was not great this year in that first year back from the injury. So i had to see it more at least he is i believe signed there for another few years so uh at least you know he's got stability but i just don't know what we're gonna see from him he did look good before the injury though well here yeah so let, let me jump in with mine real quick i'm sorry Drew, but like my, my thought here is that i'm kind of agreeing with you i think that the buy is a tough call for this team but it's for me it's dalton schultz like the, dalton schultz has been stellar as a as a tight end in, in a landscape of tight ends where we hate tight ends I think Dalton Schultz has actually been pretty good. And even this last week caught two touchdowns, I believe it was, right? Like he's still a viable option in this offense. And for me, I, I think Dak is, I could see the logic on Dak being a buy, but Dak is not somebody I feel confident starting in my fantasy lineup week in, week out. Um, his floor is really low, which is terrifying as a fantasy player. His ceiling is mediocre. So what am, I'm, I'm risking the floor to get the reward of the mediocre. I mean, for me, it just doesn't pan out. So I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily disagreeing with your logic. There aren't really a whole lot of buys on this offense. And I guess if the price is right for Dak, sure. If somebody's panic selling Dak, I'm gladly a buyer on that. But I think Dalton Schultz might be one of those, you know, top eight tight ends, which are not necessarily easy to find, uh, especially in, in a league where there are, you know, 20 tight ends any week that could be top eight tight ends. I'd rather have Dalton Schultz than like a Noah Fant or a oh, Gerald yeah. Everett or a, you know, pick pick Logan Thomas who we're going to talk about later like there are a number of tight ends that I'm just not excited about right and Dalton Schultz is at least somebody I'm okay to set it and forget it in the tight end spot which for me is a buy because not all of my teams have that I'm not usually somebody who has a lot of Kelsey's and Andrews and what have you um so Schultz to me is the easiest buy but it's it's tough I don't blame you yeah that's a fair point I mean he is 26 years old too so he's He's a year or two younger than Goddard, um, and uh, I like Goddard better as a as a as a prospect as a as, as an option, obviously. But uh, but Schultz is certainly no slouch. Uh, he is an unrestricted free agent technically, so we don't know for a fact that he's going to come back. 
Uh, I know the they do like Jake Ferguson too, but he, I don't they think do. that Jake Ferguson and, is not. I don't think he's the same right? category. Uh, yeah, yeah Hendershot's been pretty productive yeah. too. He's, he's twenty three years yeah. old, so they got they got three young, three good young tight ends there. Um, so I think um, I, I I would think that Schultz is coming back, uh, and if he if he is in that back in that offense, I mean they definitely is carving a, carving out a pretty good role for himself, and I think his productivity um, on the short intermediate routes. I think is really another reason that's kind of um, I'm less interested in Gallup. So Gallup's kind of been more of a, a bread maker on the outside on more of your go route kinds of things. And uh, he's just, I don't want to say one trick pony, but he doesn't really seem to, to kind of be that kind of creative underneath kind of a player. Um, and I know catch rate is not a sticky stat and we don't, we all make fun of catch rate and it's not the greatest thing, but I mean, 52%, you know, before that 56, 56, 58, 40, 48 is rookie year. So uh, he's just not, I mean, typically when you see guys who are going to be highly utilized and get high volume in the passing offense, that, that, that numbers, those numbers kind of come up. So, but he's, he's had a couple of seasons in, in his past with a hundred targets, um, you know, caught 50, 60, 66 balls one year for a thousand yards. I think that was his second year. Um, and it was all looking, looking up and up and the, now, after that it was 59 yards for 843 and five. Uh, and then it's just kind of been a downward trajectory since that the injury obviously in 20 in 2021 definitely hurt. And, you know, players aren't always there. Like you meant, like the, the friend in the chat mentioned, you know, sometimes that first year back can be kind of rough. So yes. um, we can't write him off. It can't write off entirely, but he's going to be entering his sixth year. So I, I kind of, I don't know if we're ever going to see the Michael Gallup that we were hoping to see after year two is my, is kind of where I'm at. So I, I definitely well, so- prefer Schultz as a buy. Yeah, so let, let's pivot in a way. So I, in mm-hmm. my opinion, I think Pollard and Schultz both come back. I think this offense and, and the way that this team went, if they didn't make the playoffs, I feel like they might go a different direction. They might have to mm-hmm. retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. The fact that they made the playoffs, I think Jerry Jones is like, this team works, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to bring everybody back that he can. He's going to, you know, whatever whatever money it takes to bring Pollard back, I think he's going to do. Same with Schultz. So in my mind, that's what makes them buys in a sense, because I think they're coming back. And this yeah. is that prime speculation season and everybody has their gut feeling and whatever. This is when it's a buy sell because there is some unknown, right? But for me, the sell is not necessarily Gallup, but CD Lamb. I feel like Lamb has not been that dominant top five receiver that I wanted to, wanted him to be. Now, granted, he definitely has that upside, but he's attached to Dak Prescott and that makes me nervous. We just talked before about Dak Prescott having a low floor and his, his ceiling being kind of mediocre. And Gallup could be coming up, and I think Dalton's going to come back, and I think Pollard is obviously running the ball really well. All of that means there's too many mouths to feed in a sense. Now, granted, it's not the Eagles' offense, but I do think that there are just too many mouths to feed for CeeDee Lamb to really get that dominant tight or wide receiver one kind of share. So for me, the, the sell for this group is CeeDee Lamb with a caveat or like a 1B being Gallup because I think a lot of people are looking at Gallup with that upside and that optimism but both of those receivers have, you know, kind of underperformed a little bit this year. Am I am I wrong? Like, again, I'll kick it to you back to you, Drew, because you we were just talking about it. But like, what do you think about those? Am I on the wrong side here, or do you think Ceedee Lamb is a good sell too? Well, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking before with with Hertz. If someone's going to give you the moon and the stars for for a guy, you got to listen. Um, but you know, Lamb is just finished his third year. He had I, I, I would consider a breakout season. He had 107 catches. 1,359 yards for nine, and nine touchdowns, and that's kind of in a down year for Dak Prescott. And he had, you know, Dak had a sure. miserable season. Yeah, he led yeah. the league in interceptions, I think, right? So, I mean, it was, yep. and, and he just wasn't good. And, and yet, Lamb still starred. Uh, so, I, I kind of feel like, you know, if Dak pulls it together as a passer, 
uh, which is not uncut, which is not, uh, you know, out of the realm of possibility. It's what kind of Rocky and I were alluding to that, you know, we kind of feel like he's a better player than what he showed this year. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know that I want to sell CD Lamb at age 23 uh, when I want to see after a season like that. Um, you know, I, I just, I just kind of, for me, he's a hold. So, but, but again, if I'm, if I get I a top offer, no. I'm, I'm in. So, yeah. And I'm oh, going to sell for nothing. Yeah. 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 Go yeah. Ahead, Rocky. I was just going to say, I echo what Drew said. And it, yeah, I mean, CD Lamb this year in points per game finished as wide receiver eight. So he wasn't top five, but he was. Well, uh, he was six in total points. Like, I'm not saying yeah, he's crappy yeah. or anything. Like, I just yeah, thought yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, might yeah. be his ceiling. That's what makes me worried. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. Well, and again, here's Dave in the chat, too. And I think Dave might actually have some play later in this, but Lamb is going in every super flex mock in the first. He's good, but not at that value. I kind of agree. If his agree. that's kind of what he's a sell to me, to be honest, is that I think his value right now is above his production. And that to me is a sell because it, like I said before, I want to sell somebody at their peak or right before they drop. And I, I there's a lot of question marks on this Dallas team, let's be honest. And Zeke is going to be there for the next 20 years, apparently, and all this. Like you know, do they bring back Pollard and Schultz? If they don't, this offense looks very different, and that could be worse for Lamb. Like, there's you could write the narrative every one. I'm just saying that, in my mind anyway, if somebody's willing to give me top three receiver, like if mm-hmm. you're saying I can send you Lamb and a second for Chase, or Lamb and a second for Jamar or for uh, Justin Jefferson, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. And it's the same yeah. kind of thing we were talking about with Hurts. Like that to me makes him worth shopping as a sell. Now, granted, but not everyone. That to me get is that, more right? buying Jefferson or Chase than it is selling Lamb. I That's- know, but I think a lot of people are willing to give you a very good price for Lamb, which means I'm willing yeah. to sell it. That's and with what Dave said, by the way, like <clears throat> with the way the quarterback situation is right now, is that really that far off of where CD Lamb should be? If people are it is not for me, like a full round, back? I want him at the end of the yeah. second. I don't want him in the first. Are you kidding me? Like that's way too high for me. I'd much rather take two quarterbacks over Lamb in almost every draft. Now, granted, what like what two quarterbacks do you want? Like, like you're not get you're 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 not getting two picks in the top six or something. So no, I know, I know, I know. So who is this other like? There's like maybe seven or eight guys that are like really, really worth taking in the first round at this point. All right, so let me maybe just, nine. I, looking at, I might take Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. There's six, right? I might take Daniel Jones ahead of him to be honest with you. Justin Herbert definitely. Daniel Jones is insane. Lamar Jackson. I, <laughs> I'm just telling insane. you what I'd rather do. I think look, I think I'm CD telling you Lamb I would is, take CD Lamb like rounds ahead of Daniel Jones. Yeah. Perfect. We should be in a startup together. We might. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We might. Yeah, but I what I'm getting at I here think, is that yeah. there I think Daniel Jones has actually proven a lot this year and I think he's coming back. Oh, I think yeah, he's going to be a top better, quarterback. But I, I yeah, I'm not trading. I'm not taking Daniel Jones over CD Lamb. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Rocky. I'll on this one, man. You don't have to worry yeah, about it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, with that, though, is there anyone on the team that you consider a sell, Rocky? I know we haven't really gotten into that for you yet. Uh, a sell? Anyone you think is at their peak value or somebody you think you can trade for, for a good value other than C.D. Lamb if you don't think he's a sell? So for those not watching, I did have to step away for a second. So I don't know if you said this already, but uh, the only guy for me might be Dalton Schultz. I don't know if he's... I mentioned him as a buy. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I just think he's. I mean, I guess uh, if he gets extended there, I, I like him a little more. But I think he is a little bit of a product of that offense of Dak really liking to throw to the tight ends. If he ends up going somewhere else, I don't think he's a special talent. But I still think he's produced enough over these last couple of years that you could get a decent return for him. 
uh, if somebody needs a tight end. So he would be the one that sticks out for me. Uh, as I, I agree with Drew that Lamb's a hold. And uh, most of these other guys are Zeke. I'm not, you know, I, I, you can't yeah. get anything for Zeke. So he's Zeke no, was going to be he, my Zeke old. should just die yeah. on your roster at this point. If you have him and try and get exactly. as many points. I was going to make that exact same point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have Zeke, you're not selling him. You're not buying Zeke. His he's points are worth one of those more guys. Than, yeah, than his trade he's just going to be one of those guys that ends up on your bench most weeks. And sometimes just start him when you're in a pinch. Yeah. He's a hold. It's a prime hold. What about you, Drew? Any seller hold that you're thinking about on those Cowboys there? Uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything there. I mean, the, you know, we talked about some of those young tight ends, uh, Ferguson and Hendershot. It might be worth just kind of trying to get one or one of them uh, for cheap, and then just in the event that Schultz does go, now you're yep. now you're talking about a you know guy ascending into a, a you know a, a potential you know major role in a in a, in a potentially productive offense. So th- those are a couple of guys that you know that might be something that you can get if you can get one of those guys for like a you know, a, a mid late third, fourth, uh, you know, third. fourth yeah. even. Yeah. would be perfect. That, that That's awesome. So that's a prime case yeah. too, though. Uh, and, and those are actually great names to mention as we're getting into rookie draft season, when you're on the clock, the three ten, and you're like, I don't know any of these names. Let me send some offers for Peyton Hendershot and for Jake Ferguson and for like Daniel Bellinger. Who we're going to get into here in yep. a minute. Like uh, yeah, some of I those like players that yeah. are like, I don't know, like I'd rather have them than a rookie. Someone mm-hmm. else might rather have the rookie, right? They, they're, yeah. you know, rookie fever gets crazy as we get to draft. So with mm-hmm. that, let's pivot a little bit, or at least quickly pivot uh, to the Giants, your other favorite team as an Eagles fan. <laughs> I know you guys have a, a kind of a, I don't know, a four-way, your whole division is just hates each other. But um, yeah. <laughs> the, the top players, which I already mentioned, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, because I put on here as a, kind of a joke, Isaiah Hodgins, again, free agent <laughs> addition to the team. Those and skill Daniel positions Bellinger. are rough there, man. <laughs> Just the, the receivers. Especially the receivers. Giants. Yeah, Saquon's oh. fine, but yeah. Man, it, it is Saquon and Daniel Jones. I'll give it. I'll give him credit. He's done well. And again, I'm being hot takey with that. But after that, it's just bleak. Like, I don't know how this team has worked it out. But that's also why I am considering Daniel Jones a buy. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I said it before. I don't think you need to pay a lot for Daniel Jones. I think a lot of people agree with you, Rocky, and you, Drew, where he's like, no, this is a fluke. He's not a top 12 quarterback. He's a you know quarterback 18, 20, whatever. I think you can get Daniel Jones for a song right now. I think there are people out there, even with this, this way that his season has gone, I think Daniel Jones is the screaming buy on this offense. And I think that if, if you can, especially in Superflex, if you can get Daniel Jones for you know a first, a late first, I would probably consider it. I'm not saying now. I'm saying wait till I'm on the clock. See what players are there. Wait till rookie fever is at its highest. Don't sell your first right now. But if you get to the draft and someone is like, man, I really want to take so-and-so, and and that guy's got Jones, you're like, all right, give me Jones and your late second, and I'll give you my late first. It's possible. I'm telling you. Because they're going to be – the further we get from this, and I hate to say it, but I do believe the Giants are going to lose at some point this year. I don't think they're a Super Bowl-winning team. They're going to lose. That is going to fade away. And I think Daniel Jones is going to be the guy that we all walk away going, man, I kind of like him as quarterback. Now, again, I know, I know that's kind of hot takey, but Rocky, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, if you want to talk about Daniel Jones, great. If you don't, I understand. But then who would be your buy? <laughs> no, I agree with you on him as a buy, just not at a first round startup price. Uh- <laughs> But yeah, he's he's always been a mobile quarterback, but he stepped up the the running game a lot this year, even mm-hmm. more. He had he had seven hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had seven hundred yards in in fifteen games and seven rushing touchdowns. Um, and, and he's been a bit a little bit uh, showed a little bit more. I mean, he hasn't had the 
reasons we said, the receivers to really do much. And I'm still not confident in him as a passer. But I, I think Dable has, has helped them at least maximize what they can get out of him. Uh, and I think he's going to stay there with Dable for at least another year, uh, if not possibly more. I mean, if by some miracle they were to win this game, they're almost forced to sign him to a decent extension if he takes them to the uh, to the NFC uh, Championship game. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it did, it, it pretty much locks it in. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he has, I think, at least stability for the next year or two in terms of coach and, and situation. I don't think he's going anywhere. So, Same. so yeah, and he, like you said, he produced this year. He was a QB1 this year, so. Yeah, I mean, as much as people hate on him, he did all right. I mean, I did leave off Wandale Robinson. I want to make sure I mention this. Yeah. Like, that wasn't necessarily a joke. I, I do think Wandale's probably still... I guess he's a buy, but if yeah. anyone who is still holding Wandale Robinson at this point, they're not going to sell him for less than they paid for him. That sunk cost fallacy is going to be hard to get away from. So I didn't even mention him, but again, Wandale is definitely somebody for that receiving core. And I think when they come back, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that before we get to you, but Drew, what do you think about this? What, I mean, whether it's Daniel Jones or any other buy, what do you think there is on that team? I mean, you make a pretty good case for Jones. I mean, and, and you look at, uh, on, uh, he had seven, what, 700, we talked about, you said it, Rocky, 708 yards yeah. for uh, so, I mean, you're looking at the following people had more rushing yards, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. And that's the list. So uh, and then he was not far behind some of the two of those guys. Uh, I mean, so he gets you points with his legs. He had seven rushing touchdowns as well, which is, you know, obviously a lot. not a sticky stat, but especially but in four-point you know, passing touchdown leagues. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also uh, a lot when you have the fact that he did it with Saquon Barkley there. It's pretty impressive as well. So. Uh, I do think they upset they update uh, that wide receiver core in the offseason. Um, I think Wandale comes back next year for sure. Uh, I do. I like Wandale. I, I was gonna. I had him in my um, in in my mind as a uh, as the buy for this discussion. Wandale, because, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> He's. I, I think. I don't think he did enough for the for uh, to justify uh, you know a, a major high price for him. And uh, but he flashed enough right before he got hurt to show us that he had, his talent is there. Um, and um, I don't, there's not a whole lot of you know, I'm looking over this list. You have D- uh, Darius Slayton, oh, who's in UFA, and, and he's 26 <laughs> under in the uh, R- Richie James, 20, he's also uh, un, uh, unrestricted free agent, he's 27. Sterling Real Shepherd, quick, Richie 28. James might be on your waivers in fantasy and dynasty leagues right now. Richie James might still be yeah. on dynasty waivers. That's how crazy this is. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, sorry. Uh, but I mean, he had a few pretty productive games. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, Marcus jo- Marcus Johnson. I mean, Kenny Galladay is just a punchline at this point in his career. So I mean, <laughs> there's really. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins is is he's actually played pretty well, and uh, he was a I think a fourth round pick of the Bills. Uh, yeah. And uh, I guess he uh, uh, Brian DeBull uh, brought, brought him over with him from from Buffalo. Um, and I mean, I guess I, I like maybe Hodgins is, is he's just because he's played well and he's kind of carved himself out a role. Um, and and, and so with Hodgins and Robinson, I think you can probably get both of those guys at pretty fair value. And if you, and if we we're going to make the case that uh, we're telling ourselves the story that Daniel Jones at age 25 is is ascending and he's going to be better in the future and they're going to put more talent around him, uh, then those two pieces could you know potentially rise in value. I also like Bellinger a lot at age 22. Uh, he's definitely uh, the tight end we talked about before. Um, I like him as a, a lot as well. You, you, you talked about throwing, you know, if you can get Bellinger for a third, uh, exactly. you know, and yep. 
Yeah, that's. I, I would love that. Um, I'm all over that. I, I think he could have a, a you know a nice nice career uh, in that offense as well. Well, Bellinger was my hold. I mean, I, you're kind of skipping a little bit ahead. Like Bellinger is one of those guys that I took a lot in third and second round drafts or whatever, like in in, in superflex drafts and things like that. And I think Bellinger did well enough to deserve a hold. I don't think mm-hmm. I'm selling at this point. I want to see what oh. he develops into, but I think that offense needs someone like Bellinger. And I think that 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 is a prime case for someone that I'm not willing to go get per se, because I feel like whoever drafted him has probably still got him, if I'm being honest. And I think like a lot of people that drafted him, much like myself who drafted him in a lot of leagues, I'm not giving him up for more than, you know, what I paid for. I'm only giving him up, I should say, for more than what I paid for. So it's like, why buy that? I'm, I'm willing to wait. So that's why kind of he was going to be my hold candidate. Um, but sells Rocky. Let's talk about which player, if there is any on the Giants, are we willing to sell? Which player is at their peak? In your mind, uh, um, I don't know that anybody's a sell on here. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, I guess agree. there's not a maybe, sell here. Maybe Saquon, just because right. he's a running back and he's going to be 25, and everybody's looking to get out on running backs after the, once they're into their second contract and all that stuff. But I, I still think Saquon's got a couple good years left. I think what we're seeing now is he's he's a year removed. Uh, from the major injury uh, a couple of years ago, he did get re-injured last year. So it's just, you know, when he stepped on the guy and all that, but uh, I think we're going to get another, at least another couple of years of Saquon. So I, I don't really want to sell him, but I, I am a bit more running back guy than, than lots of people. So uh, I actually, if you could get anything, I know Drew said him as a buy, but just because he's kind of popped a little bit, if you could get anything for Hodgins, I'd be fine. Like, I'd move oh yeah, to third. Like, Pick up a free agent to flip to a and third. Maybe Drew would buy him from your team. For a third. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just to me, yeah, I think he's gonna. You know, I think as Jason in the chat said, there is gonna probably be a rookie wide receiver that comes oh, yeah. in there, and mm-hmm. it and, and I could even see possibly a significant free agent on top of that. I was gonna say that too. I think it's a rookie yeah. and a free agent. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if they do both because this team is so depleted at receiver. Like yeah. Sterling Shepard, God love him. He did a terrific job. But I doubt he comes back, if at all. And even if he does, I don't think he's a difference maker. Wandale yeah. is a great slot receiver, but that does not fix your X and your Y. I feel like there's still some yeah. questions that they're going to have. So all of that, though, really, if you think about it, pivots back perfectly to being Daniel Jones a buy. They're going to add receivers, and he did well mm-hmm. this year without receivers. I mean, again, mm-hmm. we just saw it last year with Jalen Hurts, right? That team was throwing the worst in the league, the least amount of pass attempts, least amount of yards, if not least, you know, bottom five in the league. And then they added A.J. Brown and blew him up. Oh, my God. Now A.J. Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Jalen Hurts, but I'm saying that same kind of trajectory is possible here. He's definitely somebody that I think could have a terrific year. So uh, any other Giants we want to talk about? Because I agree with you, Rocky. I think there really aren't that many sells here. It's, it's tough to sell any of these guys. Drew, what about you? Yeah. you think anything? No, I, I I kind of lean your way, Rocky, on on Barkley, the being the where he is in his career, coming off of a major year. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. If if I'm a contender, uh, I'm not selling Barkley. I, I want to ride that those get eat those right? last couple of years up, and and yeah. But um, if you're at that point where you're just kind of have you have to make a decision: am I in? Am I out? Uh, and you don't know what you have, then you, then you might as well just sell at that point, and then get yeah. can can for Barkley. Uh, I think it all depends on your team, uh, your your um, your makeup. Um, and, and, and where you're headed. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm the same mindset. 
Yeah, it's a good point. Perfect. Yeah. Middle well, let's get to type team. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to our favorite team to talk about in the NFC East, the Washington Commanders. That can't be right. No, it is. It's the Washington Commanders. And uh, I, I'm going to list their top fantasy players almost as a joke. Uh, Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, jo- Logan Thomas. Are, are, okay. I mean, maybe we break this down in a very simple way. Uh, Rocky, is there a buy, sell, or hold on this team that you're willing to discuss for a few minutes? Or is it all kind of just <laughs> not worth talking about? And be honest. No one uh. is going to judge <laughs> Um, I mean, this this is this is a tough one. This is one of the toughest in the NFL. This is a tough one. Uh, I would say maybe is there a buy? Dotson is there anybody that we think buy? Maybe Dotson. If you can get him for a second, uh, you know, a midish second, I I would be good with that. I I think he got he probably was drafted in a lot of early seconds, occasionally late first. I think even uh, last year. Yep. So it might be tough to get him at that price. Uh, but he did flash some. Some of it was touchdowns. But who knows? With a better quarterback, uh, we could see more from him. I wasn't super high on him coming out, but he he did a he scored a little more fantasy wise than I expected him to. Now, whether that, sure. like I said, a lot. I do think a lot of that. Well, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I do think a lot of his better games came because he ended up catching two touchdowns in that game or something like that. So well, he led the receiver group with seven touchdowns. Yeah. Like, uh, Dotson was clearly the, the quote unquote best receiver in that regard. Wasn't the best receiver on the team, but I mean, you could say Curtis Samuel was better in some regard, but I mean, it gets kind of nitpicky at some point, but I mean, and, Terry McLaurin and, and John Dotson are both right there. And also yeah. the, I was just going to, sorry, I was just going to say, this is another anecdotal example from me, but I, that I got a guy cheaps, but if you can do this, I would, I'm fine doing this. I got Antonio Gibson for 210 recently. I go. think he's worth the flyer as a late second. I still think he's the better running back there, despite the fact that they wanted to use Brian Robinson. And for some reason, the coaching staff just ignored the fact that the guy was a very good running back for two years and <laughs> just were doing everything they could to try and not use him. And uh, every time McKissick has gone down too, he's done fairly well uh, in the passing game. So, and he was a receiver. He was, there was talk. He was going to be a wide receiver coming out of college. Right. So right. Uh, the, that ability is there if, if they'll ever use it. So uh, if you can get him for that cheap, uh, I, I like taking the flyer on Gibson because, like I said, I still think he's the better guy there. And I don't know that they're going to draft another one after drafting Gibson and Robinson in the last couple of years. Well, I'll say this real quick before I kick it to you, Drew. I mean, Gibson was the the best, I guess, you know, best receiver running back, which in this offense is what I want. He was the top running back position person. He's clearly my sell, in my opinion. I think Antonio Gibson is one of those guys that you can kind of maybe still get rid of because he scored some points. His name value is tricky. So in that point, it depends on who you're talking to. He might be a buy if the other guy doesn't like him at all and you're looking to see what's up. On the flip side, Brian Robinson is my top buy and could be a good (laughs) sell. It depends really on everything. Like This is one of those teams that like it depends a lot on your league and how how your league is scored. If it's PPR, people may want Gibson more. Um, You know, Gibson had uh, 46 receptions to Brian Robinson's nine, right? So in a PPR league, Gibson is clearly the better back. But Gibson had 149 rushing attempts to Brian Robinson's 205. So if you're not in PPR, Gibson's the guy you want. Or sorry, Robinson's the guy you want. But that exactly explains why both of them are buys and sells for me in different regards and in different leagues. 
and that makes this whole team kind of messy, and the rest of them are holds. That's just the easiest way I'll put it. Like Terry McLaurin for me is a hold. I don't think you're going to get full value for him. I don't think that you're really willing to trade for him until we see what quarterback goes there. It could be Carson Wentz. I don't think so. It could be Taylor Heineke. I don't think so. It could be Sam Howell. I kind of think so. That doesn't wow me about Terry McLaurin. So that's kind of my whole buy, sell, hold scheme in a sense on this entire offense. It's just, blech. I mean, again, it's Dan Snyder, so I don't want any of it, but whatever. Uh, Drew, what do you think about this team? Are you kind of on that same page or do you have your own ideas? Well, I want to see what happens with the offensive coordinator position. Um, and uh, there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, so we don't really know how Robinson and Gibson are going to be deployed going forward. So there's a lot of speculation. Sure. So I think it's good. I think it's fair to throw a dart if you really have a feeling one way or the other about either of those guys. Um, I, I agree with uh, Rocky on Dotson. I think he's a, a buy for me. Uh, the one, one of the things I really like about Dotson is he came on at the end of the year and he kind of figured it out as the season went on. Um, and that's while he was, you know, while they were playing quarterback roulette. So uh, I, I kind of feel like he's he's definitely, a, a, you know, a for real. I, li- I like him for a second, too, if I can get him for that as well. Uh, and, I mean, it depends on what Sam, what you can get with Sam Howell. So in Superflex leagues, quarterbacks, as we know, are a premium. If you can get Howell at, on, as a deal, um, you know, speculative, why not? I mean, he was uh, what a fourth or fifth round pick this year, something like that. Fifth, yeah. And uh, <laughs> if, if you were, but if you were taking consensus about a, uh, the year before he came out, he was he was a, a no no brainer first round pick in Superflex, super Superflex, uh, you know, I, I, you know, in way too early, you know, a year out. So I mean, his talent is there. Um, I think he lost a lot of talent at UNC uh, in that draft. So it's possible, you know, if you can get him for uh, you know a song. He's, he's somebody that you can buy on the cheap. Yeah, and I mentioned him actually in an article from Fantasy Pros, I think a couple different times this year, as like a stash candidate. I'm like, that's somebody yeah. I want on my bench for sure because, mm-hmm. you, I mean, that team, we don't know where they're going. And they have a right. lot of needs, and they could be sold to a whole different investing group, but, like, we never know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Sam Howell's a, a prime buy depending on the price. But it, those are all kind of getting in that lower status of buys, but those are great yeah. buys too. Yeah, uh, but Rocky, I don't overpay, the- yeah. I also I don't no, I don't want to overpay for Hal either uh, because we again we don't they could get a quarterback in this in this draft you know we there's a lot of uncertainty there too so True. they could there could be a lot of posturing of oh yeah Sam Howell's our future and then oh, oh by the way we have, we have an opportunity to yeah. move up in the or draft and grab could this be guy, the new so. quarterback for the Commanders is Derek Carr we don't know like, honestly, there's so many crazy things that happen there's, yeah just, so. why not my yeah. thing with Hal is it's just so hard for a fifth round pick to ever quarterback. To ever any fifth round pick really but i mean the the number of fifth or lower round picks uh at quarterback over the last like 10 20 years you could probably count on one hand that have been significant fantasy producers what the brock Purdy are you talking about no. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to 2025 you got tom brady in there too yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. way to bring it around drew way to bring it around. all right so i think that's a pretty good way to cover up all of these teams i think we did a pretty good job talking as little as possible about the commanders. I'm a big fan of that. Um, with that, though, we're going to pivot into our last segment of the night, our Find Me a Trade segment. So obviously, if you're new to the show, this is something we do every week where we try to find a trade for a listener. This week's team, and Rocky, actually, I'll read some of this, but if you want to read his thoughts while I bring the team up. But let me get to the beginning and the settings. Uh, this is actually submitted by Dave Waller. He submitted a team before at the prevalent one. Uh, It's a 12-team Superflex PPR with a .5 tight end premium on top of that PPR. Uh, Five-point passing touchdown, negative two for interception, negative three additional for pick six. 
I love that scoring, by the way. Negative three additional for pick six. Like, that's a big deal. So, you know, those bad quarterbacks are even worse. Reminds me of uh, Scott Fishbowl scoring. Uh, it's a start 10, quarterback, two running back, two receiver, tight end, three flex, and a super flex. 25 roster spots, five IR, and five taxi. So, yeah, if you want to get into some of Dave's thoughts, I don't know if you want to read the whole thing or just kind of simplify it down uh, while I bring the team up. That'd be great. Yeah, before I get into Dave's thoughts, I just had to get a little hard. Find me a trade! <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I always um, forget that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the hard drop. So, by the way, I know, I know it cuts off a little bit for us at the top, Andrew, but I'm pretty sure when you listen back, you can hear the whole thing. So, just Beautiful. so you know. Um, so, uh, Dave's thoughts, though, were that the, he said it's his oldest uh, Dynasty League. He's five years in, has solid relationship with everyone, most are active, went into the season with four starting quarterbacks, but everything quickly fell apart uh, because he had Winston, who got hurt, Zach Wilson, who was obviously trash. Uh, so Dave is probably a listener to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Russell Wilson, who struggled all season, and we all know the Baker Mayfield story. Once he knew he was no longer competing, Ended up trading uh, for his first-round pick back, finishing in seventh place, um, despite uh, his lack of quarterback help. And he said he's open to moving anyone on his roster, even if it means blowing up and starting over. Love it. Uh, thank you, Dave, for submitting this. I think this is actually a really good team and a fun one for this experiment. So, again, we've got uh, the prevalent one over here on the left side. This is the full rosters here. Uh, so, yeah, he's got Geno Smith, Russ Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, like we mentioned before. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, forgot. You got to do it this way. DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery. Uh, he's got Javante Williams, Eno Benjamin, Jermichael Hasty, good quarterback room, Khalil Herbert, Isaiah Pacheco, solid running backs. Receiver, he's got A.J. Brown, who we just talked about, D.K. Metcalf, Drake London, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, Amari Rogers, Rashad Bateman. Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, and Tyquan Thornton. Stellar receiving group. Tight end is kind of where it's struggling a little bit. You got David Njoku, Gerald Everett, Hayden Hurst, Mike Gusecki, Irv Smith, and Trey McBride. He does have the 106, 206, 207, 212, 402, 411. And then obviously later picks in the future too. So this is a this is an interesting team here, Dave. I gotta be honest. You're 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 two quarter, or sorry, you're you're two quarter, two, two questionable positions or quarterbacks and tight end. But, man, those running backs and receivers are looking stellar. And, and Rocky, I'll kick it to you first. I know you and I both had kind of smaller, normal find-me-a-trade trades, and then Drew <laughs> kind of went all in. So I kind of want Drew to go last because I feel like he's got some really good advice. But, Rocky, what was your trade first? Well, I, first, I just I, I love when the guest goes all in. When we had uh, Med Jester on a few weeks ago, and then, oh. yeah, he, he went nuts on that him. That went nuts. It, but, it was yeah. amazing. Uh, Scott loved that, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but uh, quarterback, I agree. It's not ideal, but I think he's got at least two starters there and probably three because I think Jimmy's going to start somewhere next year. And mm-hmm. I'm fine rolling with those, you know, low end one because I think I think Russell Wilson's going to bounce back. So I'm not as frightened. I think him Gino's as a, lot a of good quarterback are. one, too. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he, he was a low end one this year. And I think he, there's no reason he couldn't do that again. And, and Jimmy's a fine QB two slash three. So uh, with everything he has at the running back and wide receiver spot, I'm kind of fine just rolling with those guys. I get if you want to try and get a quarterback. Uh, 
but you know, I, I I'm fine playing with these kind of guys anyway. So, uh, so what I did is I, like you said, tight end was weak. That's where I looked and, uh, I went Drake London, uh, to, I forgot to write the team down, uh, to team, them mopping up, uh, for TJ Hawkinson. I put it that I would do it. I would try straight up. I'd even be willing to add one of his later seconds. If that's what it takes. Uh, I looked at the, uh, DTC and the DLF trade analyzer. DLF has uh, London worth more, and 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 DTC has Hawk worth a little more. So I it, I guess it depends on on what the guy's thinking. But he also has Kittle and Goddard, uh, yep. and I mean he can start all three with the flex spots and all that. But uh, you don't really need three top six or seven tight ends. So it makes sense he'd be willing to move one and. Where do you, where do you think Hawk finished this year in points per game in one point five tight end premium? In one point five, uh, five tight end two. I'd say he was top three. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. Tight end would you, uh, way below Kelsey to be clear. It's not sure. this isn't like a Andrews from last year and Kelsey tight end one two type situation here. But he he's only as you know slightly above Andrews at three. But still, I I think that's better than most people think he actually was. Uh, and he he improved once he went to Minnesota too from a fantasy perspective. Uh, so. I, I think Hawk is I'm kind of back on the Hawk train after, you know, me and Russ uh, a couple left. years he ago. You never left. I never really him? left, but he, <laughs> you know, we got all hyped up for him, I think, before the 21 season. And he didn't really live up to that. And he got hurt. He actually, that's another big thing. He stayed mostly healthy this year. Yep, uh, but I think he's in a great situation there. I think Kirk's still going to be there for a bit. And Kirk likes to throw to the tight end. And like I said, I think he's undervalued at this point. And I think he, I think Kittle, I, I think he's very similar to Kittle at this point with maybe even a slightly higher floor in Minnesota. Uh, because I was, I was looking, he, he had two 40 point game, one in Detroit. And uh, well, that was, yeah, I think it was just over 40 in, in, in 1.5, 1.75. It was even higher. Two 40 point games, one in Detroit and one in Minnesota. And, and that, and, his floor was about nine point, like his lowest game was like nine points with Minnesota. So most of them were double digits at 1.5 tight end premium. So I, I love getting Hawk. Uh, and I think you can get him maybe a little, not cheaper, but just at a better price than, than maybe his season warrants. Uh, and London is basically this guy's wide receiver five. He's got Pittman. He's got Waddle. Right. He's got uh, a cup. Adams, Cop, yeah, Adams, but but DJ Moore, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, that's the other uh, the guy. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's the other team. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Pittman, yeah. I, I just so this guy doesn't need. Yeah, Dave doesn't need Drake London. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But the other guy could so use him because he's got an aging receiver. Exactly. He's got like three or four decent wide receivers, but like you said, two of them are Adams and Cup, who are thirty. Uh, he doesn't need the tight end, so I, I thought it made some sense for both teams. Like I said, I'm fi- especially if it was the two twelve that got it done. I, I don't I don't really care about the two twelve. Anything after about two oh six, two oh seven ish, I generally 
to me is almost equivalent to a third. So uh, I'd be fine throwing throwing that in. And I might even go to the 207 because, like I said, I've always been a Hawk fanboy. And now after after I've kind of dug into it again and realized just how good of a season he had, I, I, I'm back on the buy Hawk train. Well, real quick, I want to make sure I mention this because I, I looked this up earlier and I just double-checked it now because it blew my mind when I looked at this. Hawkinson had six touchdowns this year. That was fourth, tied for well, tied for fifth technically in the NFL. Kelsey obviously was number one with twelve, but who are the other three between twelve and six? There was someone with eleven, and then two with seven. Can you guess them, Rocky? I'll give you one guess. If you get it wrong, we'll move on. I'm, trying, I'm dying to know who this guy is with eleven. Tight end, um, yeah. Tight ends had eleven. <laughs> think about it. If you think about it, it makes sense. George Kittle had eleven touchdowns. Did he have he that many? On, he came on strong at the end What's of the year. It's funny he used to not be a touchdown guy. Correct. So Kittle had <laughs> yeah, 11 yeah. touchdowns, which is phenomenal. But if you think about it, Hawkinson only had six and finished his tight end two, like you're saying. Yeah. Like, touchdowns and, are not a sticky stat. But, again, I, Drew, I'll kick it to you. Who do you think was tied with third with seven touchdowns, one ahead of Hawkinson? What tight end scored more touchdowns than Hawkinson, but fewer than Kittle and Kelsey? Jeez. Uh it's gonna be somebody you're building up. It's gotta be somebody random. It's so, two people uh, that I would never have guessed. It's Cole Komet, Juwan Johnson, Juwan Johnson. There you go. Because he had like three. Did he have like three two touchdown games? Yeah, something crazy correct. like that. Yeah. So Juwan Johnson is yeah. one of those guys that I remember thinking like, ah, oh, damn it, it went to Juwan Johnson. Like they, the <laughs> yeah. Saints didn't have anyway. But that yeah. to me that backs your argument up, Rocky. Hawkinson mm-hmm. only had six touchdowns which is not a sticky stat and is very likely to go up as that offense uses him more. Cause that not, that's again for the whole season, he wasn't on Minnesota. So I actually love that trade. I think Drake London is somebody mm-hmm. who has a ton of upside and is very young and is coming into his own and an Atlanta offense is still going to change. Hawkinson on this team specifically that we're looking at is not a necessity. You've got Kittle, you've got, what oh, was the other one? Goddard, right? You got Kittle and Goddard who are both fine to start ahead of him. I think this makes perfect sense for both teams. So I love that trade. Well done. What about you, Drew? What do you think about this one? Oh, I love the I love the uh, the Hawkinson trade a lot. I, I think it's a great move. I, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Um, the uh, he's to me a five top five tight end for sure, easily. Uh, and you're a tight end premium. If you can if you can get a, if you can get him, um, and you know someone's willing to sell and they think they're selling high, uh, I, I I jump all over that. And one other point I just want to make too, and and these this actually I think went slightly up in Minnesota on average, but 124 targets and 82 catches. I mean, yeah. those are great numbers for you. You love a tight end that's getting 122. He's basically looks like he's going to be the second option there going forward. Thielen's kind of over the hill at this point, mm-hmm. and any rookie they bring in, if they do, or or some free agent is I don't think going to supplant you know the target shared that that hawk is getting so no that's a great trade and mine Mm -hmm. i'll pivot to my next and mine was in the same vein but my thought was i don't know if and i i thought about trying this one i think you've got a lot of running backs you've got a lot of receivers and and your trade was sending a receiver for a tight end mine is kind of sending a running back for a tight end um the way that that dave's team here is set up with and again i think i kind of like this having both montgomery and khalil herbert for chicago um, but looking at the, the rosters here, he's got Khalil Herbert on the trade block, which, and it, so does he, he has London on the trade block too. So to me, that means Dave does not necessarily want to keep Herbert. Obviously the price is right. You're going to trade anybody. 
But to me, that is kind of like one of those like, hey, I'll do this. Oh, and here comes Dave. He would possibly take that one straight up. He loves London. Thank you, Dave. That's terrific information. So let us know if that comes through. But thanks for watching too, Dave. My trade is still yeah. Yeah, thanks. Why? Thank, thank. Yeah, my, hopefully my trade's still valuable. What the hell? Um, but no, uh, <laughs> Rocky just crushed it with that one. <laughs> no, what I was getting into is like Khalil Herbert is someone on on Dave's team that is mentioned on the trade block. I think Khalil Herbert has a lot of potential upside, especially now before free agency, before David Montgomery resigns, which is possible, before they draft someone, which is repossible is very possible. Khalil Herbert is someone that I am probably moving in almost every league because I don't know if his upside is really going to get higher than this. Yes, it could but it could crash horribly and running backs have a short shelf life anyway. So my thought was to send Khalil Herbert for TJ Hawkinson. And I was like, I don't think that gets done. I just don't think that's enough. So I'm like, let me go down to a smaller tight end and see if I can get another running back back. So my trade was actually to make sure I get this team name, right? Um, blazoned. I'm guessing it's blazed in SD. I'm guessing as a team name, uh, send Khalil Herbert and maybe another small piece or later pick if needed to blazed in SD for Evan Ingram and Tyler Algier. Now I think Algier is going to be the guy in Atlanta. I think a lot of people still are kind of like on the fence about him. He did really well this year, but do we know where that team's going and all this same kind of questions about Drake? I think Khalil Herbert has a ton more value than Algier. And I think you can kind of sneak Evan Ingram past the goalpost on this and get him as a throw in and add to your, your, you know, squad of tight end twos that could all be tight end ones. Because, again, I think Dave's team has a terrific job of, of adding tight ends that I really like. David Njoku's got a ton of value. Hayden Hurst has a ton of value. Mike Gusecki has a ton of value. Irv Smith has a ton of value. Trey McBride has a ton of – like, these are all terrific tight ends that are all in that second tier or maybe even third tier, depending if you could Kelsey his own, that could launch into that top, top 10 tight end category in a year. And I think adding another one of those upside guys it, with, you know, with also adding Algier in exchange for Herbert – to me, made a little bit more sense. It's a little bit cheaper. But if you can get Herbert for Hawkinson, I would love to do that. I just don't know if that trade happens in most leagues, especially tight end premium. I feel like Hawkinson is still well above Herbert, even with all the hype that Herbert's got and all the hate that Montgomery's had. But I guess, Drew, what do you think about that trade? Is that in the same vein or is Rockies just crushing it and too good for me? Well, I like him. <laughs> I, 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 I would rather have Hawkinson than Ingram, but... Uh... You know, you have to be encouraged by the fact that Ingram was productive in a Doug Peterson offense. And assuming he had continues to have that role going forward, um, then I think you, I think you're right in targeting him. I think you can get uh, from a value perspective. I think you can get probably you know probably eighty you know eighty percent or so of the production of of Hawkinson for for a fraction of the price. So I I definitely like where your head's at with that. I don't know that Algier is going to come as cheap um, as we want him to. Um, that's the only part that I, that it worries me. He might have to throw in something with with Herbert to make that deal. Um, but it's, but it's, I think it's a great starting point, and then we'll see what happens with it. So I, I, I definitely uh, I, I like where your head's at with it with it at all with with it completely um, with um, kicking Herbert out, especially if he's you know if Dave looks at him as the odd man out in his own backfield, um, and to get you know an important piece in Engram. Uh, and and uh, potentially descending running back in return. I think it's I think it's a great great offer. What about you, Rocky? Am I am I close? Yeah, two points I just wanted to make. One, uh, Evan Ingram tight end seven in points per game, by the way. So exactly, very good. Yeah. Um, he also managed to stay healthy for the both guys. That's kind of been an issue for. Uh, so well, you fifth in targets with ninety eight. Like honestly, yeah. Evan Ingram is a stud this year. Like what the heck? I think he's going underrated for a lot of teams. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he he had even uh, fewer touchdowns than Hawks. So I mean yep. that that you have that going for you too. The only thing I would say uh, negatively in regards to Ingram is he is a free agent this year. So I kind of mm-hmm. like him in Jacksonville with Lawrence with Doug Peterson who likes to use the tight end in his offense. Uh, if he moves on, that would scare me a little bit. But if he stays there, I don't see any reason he can't kind of be in that same range. And like, and like Drew said, I'd rather have Hawk, but you are paying much less uh, in value uh, to get an Evan Ingram. And you're getting still, like he said, like 75% of the production or close to that, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Evan Ingram for me is a screaming buy right now. I just feel like that. that and same with like Christian Kirk, like that whole offense has just been you know, well above what everybody expected. And I feel like that, that deserves some love. Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. of course, coming back. To the I was going to say, so. that's one other thing that was oh, happening. Yeah. Ridley. ETN, that whole offense. Help. Yeah. Man, it's going to be great. All right. So Drew, let's get into your essay. If you would like to summarize <laughs> it with your thesis at the beginning here. Uh, no, I'll, I'll kind of give you the floor a little bit. I know you had a lot of really good options and ideas of, of what we were, you know, potentially talking about for a trade. And I kind of want to hear how your brain attacks this. So, Floor is yours. Go for it. Sure. So, I mean, with Superflex, so you're looking at Gino Rust, Jimmy G, Jameis uh, Mayfield, and Zach Wilson. Um, and I think he was kind of um, – I think you guys are higher on his quarterbacks than he is. Um, and But I understand where his head is because they're all moderate to high-risk options. Um, so, I mean, Gino had a great year. Um, but who's to say that's going to happen again? We don't really know. Uh, Russ was just – a nightmarish uh and uh we got we have to we have to assume that it gets better from the thing hackett i do i think russ yeah yeah yeah, right i I, i'm with you on russ having a bounce back uh jimmy g might play again he might have a job uh he might have a starting role again we we think he might uh we also have uh at least three if not four uh likely starters coming into the league in this 2023 draft most likely um, and uh, there's going to be some shifting around too of uh, um, of other things too. We don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and with uh, Tommy Brady. Uh, so uh, we, we, there's Matt there's Ryan, some def- car like you know there's right? a lot of question yeah. marks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So and then you have Jameis Winston. Uh, I don't know that he. I think his desk. I, I I I'm not really uh, hopeful with him. Mayfield is kind of like an X factor. Um, I don't obviously. The, I think they they're kind of invested in Stafford. Um, but he did, I think he did enough at the end of the season, just kind of make it interesting to at least have some value in Superflex as a, as a stash. Uh, uh, and then Zach Wilson, I think at this point, uh, he looked terrible. Um, but he does have youth on the side and an incredible physical count talents on the side. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I kind of feel like if, if you can find somebody who wants any of these guys, who believes in any of these guys, and you can sell one of those guys for something, I'd do it in a heartbeat, whether it's Jimmy G, Mayfield, or Wilson. Um, I think I think you guys are right in targeting Gino and Ross as kind of your pieces to build around there if you're looking to compete. Um, but uh, I do think that they're at least rosterable, these guys, for going forward. Uh, so I don't think it's a completely dire situation. Like kind of, Russ, you were saying, listen, with those running backs and those receivers – uh, you have a decent enough team to compete with, you know, lesser quarterbacks. So sure. I, kind of, I, I, I'm with you on that. So um, running backs again strikes me as a as, as a depth here as well with between uh, KW3, Swift, Herbert, Pacheco, Javante, uh, Williams should be near 100% by the stretch run of next year. So I, I think that you can definitely deal from running back as a position of strength, whether it's Herbert or whether it's Montgomery. So Montgomery's going to be a UFA. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. 
And Do you really, really think someone's going to pay for Montgomery? Though? I feel like Montgomery's one of those guys that right now yeah. everybody's just waiting to see where he lands. I don't think you're going to get yeah. much for him right now, in my opinion. No, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. Because, I mean, there's the thing about Montgomery is he has his, his truthers. And <laughs> and That's he's fair. one of his players that just he's kind of polarizing. Um, so if you have a guy in your league who really likes him and, and wants him and believes in that talent, uh, then, you know, it, it might be worth shipping him on if you can get value for him because oh, we don't sure. know if he's going to be the workhouse. Where, that He's a workhorse right now, and uh, he may not have that role wherever else he goes. Probably won't, uh, in my opinion. So if you're can able, to, if you able to shop him and uh, get somebody to buy him for what he is versus what he'll be, I think that that's, uh, that's, a, that's the move for me. Um, I think from what I looked at in that graphic, it looked like that somebody had expressed interest in Jimmy G and Mayfield. Um, and if you could package one of those guys uh, to somebody who believes in one of those guys along with Monty, you could probably get a pretty significant quarterback upgrade, maybe even that tight end we were looking at before. Um, and one of those guys we're targeting there, if it happens to be the same match. Uh, and then um, I, with the 106, you could take a shot on maybe a Levis or a rising rookie quarterback who whose stock is going to rise that we don't, just don't know about yet. Um, but somebody will be there in the mid-first, I think, potentially, that you might be able to take to fortify that quarterback position. Um, maybe, uh, um, so I'm looking at other things too, maybe trying to buy low on, uh, Kyler Murray is another option right now. He's kind of damaged goods right now. Um, I do worry a little bit about what's going to happen in that offensive situation. Um, I mean, it wasn't really working there to begin with, so it could be, it could be a plus for him. You could get a, a great offensive mind comes in that he buys into, uh, you know, that's a possibility there. You might be able to get Sam Howell on the cheap, you know, potentially moving somebody there. Uh, and then maybe strike up a conversation with, it was an attaboy MF, I think it has, uh, I think four quarterbacks who should be starting in 2023. So if you're looking yep. at upgrading your quarterback and that's what you're kind of intent on doing, Dave, I think, I think he's where you start kind of maybe start some conversations and kind of figure out how he values those guys. Um, you know, and then, um, who one to four, how do you rank them? And then go from there. And if you, one if of them's you, Daniel Jones. I was yeah. Daniel Jones, Justin <laughs> yeah. Fields, Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Matt Corral. Like yeah. that, that's that's a that's I mean, at this point, Fields and Jones both being top 12, you know, QB ones, mm-hmm. and then yep. Pickett being a QB three. Like, man, I'll tell you what, like Pickett might be a target. I think that's somebody I might look mm-hmm. at here because he's underperformed this year. And I think that's I, I totally love that logic there too. And also with your Kyler Murray, like you know, go after the Murray owner and just say or Murray manager and say, hey. You know, Murray's hurt. Maybe there's a chance. And the guy that's got Murray has two attack of Iloa. He's got mm-hmm. not much else after that, right? Like, yeah, he's got yeah. Andy Dalton, Jared Stidham, Colt McCoy, Joshua Dobbs, Teddy Bridger. Like, he's going to need another quarterback, and he might be done with Murray. And listen, we talked about this a little bit before. Murray might not be back till October, maybe November right. next year. I mean, that's that's a prime case for, like, well, let's do that package with Montgomery and Garoppolo, who mm-hmm. – Maybe this guy is a fan of for Murray. Maybe you get something right. to add a second or something like I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so and I think that, yeah. No, that, I think that's pretty much it. that's kind of where I was where my head was. I mean, it, it, it seems like he's not happy with his quarterbacks, and that's kind of I know you guys are attacking tight end, and I think rightfully so. I think to, to me that does scream as the biggest weaknesses uh, as well, and I think that's kind of where my head would would my priority would be first. So that's that's kind of why I, I really like both both of your offers actually better than what what I had suggested. But from from trying to get into Dave's head, from what I'm reading, he's not happy with his quarterbacks, and he wants to make some moves to shore that up. So those with that in mind, that's kind of why where my approach was was kind of well, looking at that from that angle. 
full transparency, I saw what you had written, and I'm like, well, then I'm going tight end because like you got quarterback <laughs> covered. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. you, you, yep. you got a couple of really good ideas in there. I think that well, again, I think. Go ahead, Rick. I was just saying, like we always say too, when this sort of happens, the best part is he could he could do one of our trades and then and then do one of your quarterback trades and and yep. just to yep. totally improve the team. So yeah, yep. yep. This is exactly one of those teams too that I do think is a contender. I think this team is right yes. there on the edge. Uh, mm-hmm. I think with the way your running backs and receivers are set up, with the way there's a tight end premium, your your tight ends aren't slouches. It's just you've got a bunch of those like middling guys, and again. Adding another middling guy may not be the best idea, but the more you add to that now in January, the more you can package things up as we get through the year. You know, maybe the guy that's got Waller and, and Ertz is kind of just like fed up with aging tight ends. And who knows, maybe they turn out to be somebody good and you can get them on the cheap. There's a whole bunch of these things mm-hmm. in January. All I'm looking at is getting value. Where can I add some value? And I think that's exactly what all of our trades kind of address. It's like, well, let's let's worry about roster a little bit. But overall, this team, I think, is is not, again, not dominant. I want to say, like, it's the best team in the league. It's up there. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the, the team mopping up with Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, that's a stud receiving or a stud quarterback group. But then the next one, Gay Tiger says Burrow, Hurts, Matt Ryan, Trey Lance. Like, man, that's a pretty good quarterback group. Like, these, there's a bunch of these. Like, there's a bunch of good teams in this league. So you're going to have to differentiate yourself. And I think making trades like this in January, just looking at – adding a little bit of marginal value with every trade, you can definitely work through this. And I think you've got a good chance here, Dave, to, uh, another to get to a thing, Sorry, another thing I wanted to say about Dave's team, I totally agree with you. I think he is a contender, but also he's a pretty young contender too, which yes. is why I specifically mm-hmm. like going for Hawk because because he's an upper-tier tight end. And he's a – especially for tight end, he's young. He's, he's going to be yeah. uh, 26 by the start of next season. So uh, – and I haven't given up a young guy in London, but you're getting a young guy back. So I think it all works well, but, out. I mean, again, he's got three top 20 running backs and three top 20 receivers. I mean, like, that's that's ideal in my mind for a mm-hmm. contending Superflex team. It's a great build. Uh, especially yeah. with the way the running backs are set up. DeAndre Swift could come back and be amazing. Uh, Montgomery could find a good home and be amazing. You could Maybe he goes to a different home than Khalil Herbert, and they're both amazing. I mean, like then Javante Williams could come back and be amazing. You might have five top 10 running backs, honestly. Like, this is the kind of team that I, I look for because, again, quarterback, as Rocky always says, quarterback, aging quarterbacks are fine. You can find a quarterback a lot of places. There's a lot of teams that might be willing in season to trade quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Even in Superflex, it's very likely. And I don't think any of your tight ends are somebody that I'm, like, I'm nervous about. Like, you've got Gasecki, You've got Hurst. You've got Ninjoku. Like, those are all players I'm okay playing in my tight end slot in a, in a roulette wheel kind of place. So, again, Dave, I think you've got a really good team here. I really do think that you can get some ideas he did just say in the chat, of course, I just sent the hawk deal for London. I'll poke around at Kyler, see what I can pull off. I appreciate you guys. Dave, definitely keep us posted. Hit me up in the DMs or, or tag us on Twitter. But with that, I think we've done a pretty good job here. I think we've covered a lot of things. Uh, Rocky, is there anything you want to say before we kind of wrap it up tonight? Are you in a pretty good spot? Uh, no, not really. Just that, uh, Andrew, I, it, it must be me because I know with the without me last week, you kept it to a slim like 106, and now we're – we're over 90 minutes once again now that I'm back. So uh, sorry about that, Andrew. No, no. With these <laughs> breakdowns, we're going to go longer. I, I kind of wanted to mention that. I was thinking about mentioning that off the gate, but like we we try to keep it to an hour to an hour and a half. With these breakdowns, I guarantee we're going to go longer. There's just too many things to talk about. But at this time of year, we only go once a week, but this time of year, we're going to have a lot of open time here. Let's talk a little more, right? Let's. What are, what are we hurrying for? I do want to keep it tight, but come on. Who cares? 
Uh, with that, though, I do appreciate you being here, Drew. If you want to tell everybody where you're at, we'll kind of get us out of here for the evening. Sure. Yeah. So, Drew Delaware on Twitter. I'm also kicking around the Reddit forums a little bit there, too. So, I'm writing for QB List. Uh, and I'm also a ranker on Fantasy Pros, too. So, I was, uh, uh, did, I think it was top 60, I think, uh, in season this year. And then I was uh, top 10 going into this year for uh, my draft rankings. So, we'll have to see how this year's draft rankings paired out. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm keeping up with those. And, uh, um, hit me up too with any questions you have. Starts that going forward, or even you know, fantasy playoff fantasy football stuff. I'm I'm into that. Right. So if, if you're into that and you have questions about uh, that kind of stuff, hit me up there too. Awesome. Well, no, I really appreciate you being here again. We saw you get we saw the expo all the time. It was just oh, it was a great time. I don't know why it took so yeah. long, but we finally figured out how to get you on the show. So I'm really glad you can make <laughs> yeah. it tonight. Uh, and again, as a as an Eagles fan, it just made sense to let's just do the Eagles team. Let's go to the NFC East. Get you and Rocky having an Eagles fest tonight and. Obviously, Loved we get to it. talk about the Cowboys and the Giants, which I know you guys are big fans of too. So. Yeah, go, excuse the blue there, Rock. I went to the University of Delaware uh, basketball game with my with my little guys today, okay. so uh, so that's that's why I'm wearing the blue today. Otherwise, uh, it's the only blue thing I'm wearing all week. So as long as you're wearing green on Saturday, <laughs> absolutely right. green on Saturday. I'll, I'll be right. there. I'll be at the game. So I'll oh, nice. Oh, I will yeah, not. I'll yeah. be watching him on my couch, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, he'll be drinking the Yingling. Thanks. It'll be great. It'll I be will very be. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, again, there it is. Yingling Hershey, I love it. All right, so obviously, if you're listening to this, still follow us at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. Follow Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, make sure you follow the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we do. Uh, obviously, you can follow us at DAP Network on YouTube. We go live every Thursday, all off-season long. We're going to be going live almost every Thursday. I want to say every Thursday, almost every Thursday. Uh, come hang out in the chat. We had a bunch of great people in the chat. I'm, I'll let Rocky kind of kick it out with them. But again, mention us on Twitter, uh, tag us in polls, send us DMs. We love hearing about your teams. Uh, we have still find me a trade. Of course, I mentioned this last week, submit your team. Dave did that a couple of weeks ago. I made sure to get him back in because I know he's a listener. We got only got one or two from last week. So keep submitting your leagues. If you have a question, send us a DM. Uh, you know, hey, I don't know how to submit my team. We can send you the link. It's pinned on my on my Twitter handle and also on the Dynasty Junkies handle. Um, but subscribe, rate, review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, it's always a great time talking with everybody. And Rocky, I'll let you kick us out of here today. Sure. As as Andrew said, thank you, Drew, for coming on. It was a great time talking to you. Uh, always great hosting with you, Andrew. Anything that went wrong, of course, we blame Scott. Uh, who will be uh, making his triumphant return next week, I believe. Uh, so, uh, I, and then again, the, the chat was really jumping tonight, lot, more yeah. than I think even we usually have. Uh, Puff Pass Kick, Jason Reel, Jesse Shot from the Listener League was in there. Kyle Skenra, a friend of the show we've had on before. Uh, yep. Obviously, Dave, who submitted the Find Me a Trade, was giving us all kinds of comments. Which was I awesome. love the real-time feedback. Yes. That's amazing. That yes. was great. So I thank all you people in the chat. Love when people come watch. Love when people come comment. So uh, shout-out to all you guys. Shout-out to the DAP Network. Shout-out to Drew. With that, Junkies out.